Welcome to the first episode of City Living with Churchill, the podcast. I'm very excited that you have joined me on this experience, this journey. This is a whole new realm for me, and I am very excited at the same time, very nervous to put this out there. Every Friday, you will receive a new story from me about my experience in New York. Sometimes it would be with friends, sometimes it would be by myself, or sometimes it would be with strangers. Either way, it is going to be great conversations. We'll talk about sex, relationships, friendships, awkward moments, and all of the good stuff. In today's episode, my friend Heidi joins me. Heidi and I have been friends for quite some time. We started during college, and she and I always like to talk about our relationships, the maintenance of it, dating, and how our life is progressing. So we had a check-in this time, and you get to have a preview of that conversation where we talk about her life pre-COVID, how was dating, how were friendships, her life now during the pandemic, and how she's maintaining and adjusting to it all. It's a wonderful conversation. As always, I always appreciate sitting down with Heidi. I hope you enjoy. Churchill just made me a tequila sunrise and it's beautiful it's, and delicious. <laughs> um, hi everyone, I'm here with my friend Heidi, Heidi Lou, HL, E to the Easel, E to the eBay. <laughs> um, He's never called me I've never called him I never called him up this, but it's on a uh, good at the moment. Uh, we're in my living room having some tequila and some rum. So Heidi cannot drink any other alcohol because she has a my allergy to them. So she only can drink tequila. Talk about that friend you don't want to party with, right? Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I am another, taking my first attempt at a mojito, which I, I I think it tastes very well, but I went too much on the rum, which is never a bad thing. But you know, do you want to talk about how you end up in New York City post-college? Yeah, so I interned for Macy's in New York City. I did product development um, at Macy's Corporate. And after the internship, they offered almost all the interns full-time positions. So that's what brought me back to the city, um, back at Macy's. And it, it was a tough, it was a rough beginning being in New York. Um, and as more friends came to New York, I think life got better. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. But you're also one of those folks that I like where you lived in New York City and then the pandemic hit and then now you're out of, the, you left yeah. the city. Um, and the fun fact about her is that now she's back in New York City and now she's in love with the city more, even more. You, what changed? Yeah, so what Churchill just described, I actually was planning to travel before the pandemic hit and I did. So I put my stuff in storage in December 2019. Uh, went to travel to San Francisco, to Taiwan, to Sydney, Australia, and ended up quarantining in Arizona, which is where my family is, and came back to New York in September so that I could pick up my stuff from storage and move it back to Arizona. I bought a one-way flight and ended up staying here for about two months. And what had, what has changed for me being back on this trip in New York is not having to pay rent. (laughs) (laughs) Literally, I'm like couch surfing. (laughs) So one, being in a place where I'm not stressed about finances Mm -hmm. is something that people don't don't usually get to experience in New York, right? I, so, you know, I'm here, I'm only spending money on food, 
mm-hmm. um, been staying at friends' places where I'm not mm-hmm. having to pay rent. And secondly, with COVID being a thing, we don't usually, you know, there's people aren't meeting up as much. So there's less social pressure to meet up with people. And I think that has helped me because I can get very overwhelmed with wanting to hang out with everyone. But yeah. COVID is an excuse. It's a, I mean, it's yeah. a legit excuse. So I feel a little better if I, I don't know, I feel okay with not hanging out with certain people because I can say you're far away and I don't want to get on a subway or something. Yeah, no, that makes um, that, make, that makes total sense. I would say if New York City was free, we'd all be having a better time. Um, I, I do so. find it very interesting as someone that sort of left the city um, and then comes back into it in a different perspective you have. Totally. Um, maybe I should leave the city and come back rent free. So I, Don't people say that about yeah. travel? Like you yeah. travel and then you get a renewed sense of your home or what, whatever you are in. But I think with New York, we're never leaving New York for long periods of time. Out of our friend, my friend group, I would say Heidi is one of those people that sort of, it's very big in connections and relationships. She's much of an empath as I am. And one thing I wanted to get her thoughts and perspective was like, you know, one, you know, being Heidi, everyone, everyone seems to have the same consensus, consistent um, experience of Heidi. Um, Heidi is this very eccentric, high spirited, um, very compassionate human being. Um, she goes leads her heart first, and everything else follows, which makes her very extraordinary. Also, makes her connect a lot with people. And I've never met anyone that said something negative about her. And when the one thing about New York is maintenance and consistency of relationships, and how do you does one navigate that space? And I think you did a great job while you were in the city. And how, so I was curious to get your thoughts on how, how did that happen? What do you think are something you've discovered? Um, living in New York City and into relationships that is a, will be an insight to others. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. I, you really flatter me. <laughs> also, Churchill and I are very much similar. So, like, as he's like complimenting me, I'm like, he's pretty much just complimenting himself. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I thank you for that. There are some people who say negative things about me, but you know, you can't please everyone. <laughs> in terms of maintaining friendships, I personally am always thinking about people. I think I naturally think about my friends um, more than others versus, I don't know, people get getting preoccupied with work or I I mean, the important things like there's, you know, plenty of other priorities, but for some reason I feel Mm -hmm. like I'm always, you know, I see something and then I think of, I think it reminds me of someone. So then I text that person. And I think that small example is one way I naturally, um, naturally maintain my relationships Another thing is not ever being afraid to reach out to people you haven't to you haven't in a while. And, you know, that's connected to the first thing. If I see a plant that reminds me of my friend Dan, then I'll send him a photo, even if it's been like two years. Yeah. I I don't think people like they, they stop themselves, right? They mm-hmm. they say in their mind, I haven't spoken with Dan in two years. Why would I I am thinking about him, but why would I hit him up? He'll think it's so random. But I've also been known to be a random person. So maybe it's just like the persona I create. Maybe it's like a degaff. You know, I don't care about what people think about me persona. But mm-hmm. I kind of have no filter in that way. Yeah, I can see. I, yeah, that is. I was. I was. That's a very. And that's a filter in every interaction you have. Heidi is the person, and this is actually a true story. Um, 
that will see someone at an ATM machine and be like, oh, he's cute. Let me go talk to him. <laughs> or be like, oh, he's cute. I know a friend that would like him. And then try to make the connection. Like, oh, I met this random guy <laughs> that was doing samples by this by the corner. And I thought it was cute and fit for you. Heidi is that friend. So I, I see, I see, you know, and that's one of the things we love about you, right? That you're sort of outgoing us. Uh, you know, which is I really do believe is the lead by your uh, your heart thing. You do you think um when you lived in New York City and versus when you left the city, at least in a couple of months you were out, that it, it changed how your, your style of relationship maintenance was? Or um, do you feel more less connected in the city or out more connected outside of the city? Um, I, I think COVID definitely has affected the way that people connect, right? Like in mm -hmm. the beginning, everyone was home, so they thought they could have a Zoom happy hour with everyone easily. <laughs> yeah. Like there's no excuse not to connect digitally with your friends. So I'm not sure if it's been like harder or easier or if, you know, I'm connecting with more or less, mm -hmm. but when I left to travel, I kind of told myself, uh, my, my important friends, my closest friends will know that I'm traveling yeah. and I'm actually going to just see what friends didn't even real, like didn't even know that I was traveling. like didn't even know I was gone. And I don't know, that's kind of lazy on my part, selfish on my part to kind of not tell people and just kind of disappear. But I thought it would be an interesting test because I, I'm very aware that I have a lot of shallow friendships. I have deep yeah. friendships too, but a lot of shallow ones that I do try to maintain. And, you know, while I traveled, I realized, you know, it's okay that I can kind of let those shallow friendships go. And being back in New York where my time is limited and, you know, you really don't want to expose yourself to too many people. I have been very particular with, you know, not either not telling people mm -hmm. that I'm here or just being being particular with who I'm spending time with. Oh, and she's spending the most time with me, just to know, because I'm her favorite. <laughs> of course. Because <laughs> um, Churchill feeds me. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I mean, she asks you. And I feed Churchill. You no, know, actually, that's the opposite. I, I always say, I feel like every time you come to my apartment, everything is like you bring like a whole grocery store with you. Like Heidi does like a stop at the grocery stores on her way to me. And then every time she like comes, she's like, oh, here's the grapes and apples and all the stuff I found that were interesting because I know you would never get it. So uh, yeah, yeah, it is. But it is, that is, you know, when you talk about um, intentionality and connections, you know, I'm someone I just recently or recently been almost two or three months now uh, left social media. Uh, I don't, I'm not on Instagram. I'm on Twitter, but I don't really do much tweeting. Uh, and it has been interesting to sort of understand those that are interested in my life. So I think there's a lot of people that pick up from your life based on your postings and things that you do. And, you know, that creates a lot, almost like a, it's almost like a relationship, but there is lack of intentionality. It's a shallow relationship. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, but versus now where folks have to actually text you and, Folks are like, oh, make an effort, make an effort, right? Which is because that creates that takes one um, time out of their day. It creates the level of intentionality, as I call it, um, in trying to maintain their relationship. And I also find that interesting because sometimes not the same folks that communicate to you every day via the DMs or social media engagements are necessarily the same folks where when you're off those platforms, um, they engage with you. It's, it's, it's just, it's just, it's just, I understand when you talk about like maintaining your time. And but did you post on social media? When I traveled? Yeah. On purpose, I didn't. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. And do you find, because I'm, I'm curious about this, because uh, I have a friend, Sydney, 
and she she's sort of I when I am someone that's very extreme. I always go like either delete or do not delete. I am here. Or, like, I'm hot or cold. There's no like I'm the great ground. And you know, and one of her feedback was like, based on the social media world that we live in, is you sort of have to need to have some form of a social network at least. So not just to not for the reason why most people have which like posting posts, but more for the fact that you know based on how the world has been transformed, we do need those connection points. What are your thoughts about that? Especially giving someone that's so very intent of like making those personal connections. I think that social media is kind of a lazy way of connecting with your friends. Mm-hmm. And it really is not necessary to feel a sense of connection. I mean, I do exist on social media and I mainly do it in order for my, you know, my my art presence. Mm-hmm. Like my, you know, I have my like calligraphy hand lettering account. And I so like I'd say in a business sense, I mm-hmm. use it to maintain my exposure, my art, you know, stay yeah. up to date with that. But my, my personal Instagram, which, you know, I, have, I don't delete, I, it yeah. does exist. I guess I don't put that much effort into it. I don't really use it for messaging or it's it's mainly just like my source of entertainment. <laughs> no one slices your DMs. <laughs> no, not only a few. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... Yeah, social the social media thing is not necessary, but I think our society makes you feel FOMO, feel left out yeah. if you don't have it. Mm-hmm. I I I would I would leave it, but I just I'm not too addicted to Instagram, so that's why I think I'm you know I can keep it. Yeah, I was close. I was the constant user. I like I always had something out there, uh, which is was funny because the two times I like deleted my Instagram. Uh, one was in college because I felt like I was doing a lot of comparison. I think that for me has been one of my quote unquote bad habits from Instagram is the point of comparison. Yeah. I always sort of felt like, oh, should I be having that experience? Should I be doing this? But they're my age and, you know, they come with similar background. I mean, should I be doing those things? And then sort of what is just someone else's, you know, curated experience of themselves starts to become like your standard of what you think should be you. Um, and so I, so I was like, oh, I should be, I should, maybe I should be dating someone. Maybe I should be posting cute pictures in Aruba. You know, maybe I should like, you know, take uh, the shirts, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, take a nice trip to Paris in the middle and do some nice photo and right. Um, and it was the first time, and then I, I kind of realized, okay, I have to find balance. And part of it was also sort of rich into insecurities. I do believe a lot that social media clenches if you're not if you don't very centered on your insecurities a bit uh, and place off of that. And this, this recently, I did I deleted Instagram. This was like two or three months ago. Was mainly because of trying to just recenter myself. Um, I felt like I was just mass producing things, not actually because I enjoyed them, but a little bit because it felt good. Now, if that's I don't know, it feels good when you get the likes. It feels yeah. good when you get the commentary, the attention, um, the attention, the the fame to be wanted. Uh, these are all good things, and but then you sort of realize, okay, but what does that truly mean for you, right? So when you sort of when the when the structure when the structures fall apart and the media are gone, the viewers are gone, what what stands is just you and your closest friends. So I I understand, which I really hope to get to your point, <laughs> which is not to be um, attached to it. Yeah. It's, I, I also came from, I did social media for my full-time work for a, a year and a half. Yeah. And 
through that experience, I was very repulsed by, or not rep repulsed, but like really pushed away a, mm -hmm. a, with social media for brands. Yeah. And that kind of gave me, gave me a different sense of social media and how I didn't want to spend that much time with it because I mm -hmm. was always on it for work. Oh, um, oh, that makes sense. So you're like, it's my job, so I'm tired of Instagram. I'm tired of you. <laughs> yeah, I saw that so much. My screen time usage was crazy, but that's work, right? There's not, I can't, I couldn't delete it. I needed yeah. it for work. So I should become a drinker. So as a job, so I don't drink too much. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I mean, maybe. But, no, you yeah. never let go of the prosecco, huh? Mm -mm. But I'm curious, you know, one is sort of, you know, pandemic, non-pandemic, you've kind of gone through this run going in and out of New York City. Um, how has dating been for you? One, I'm going to ask you a two-prong question, um, particularly. Um, one, uh, sort of, at your time, if you could experience, if you could explain your experience in New York City, how will you sum it up? Uh, around dating. Around dating. I'm going to start with that first question. I use dating, I use online dating apps as a way to experience New York City. And it was a great time. I do a lot of reflection now. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I look back at when in the first two years in New York when I started working, like I also was just on the dating apps all the time. I probably went on minimum three dates a week. Yeah. Some days, like on Saturday, I could do like two dates, which yeah. is crazy. Um, but I do some reflection now and how I felt that mm -hmm. my friends were also busy and I wasn't able to get quality time from my friends. So then I turned to strangers, I turned mm -hmm. to boys to go on a first date, to feel completely in the present with them, yeah. to just have that a hundred percent quality time. Cause you know, on a first date, you want to give each other your best first impression. No one's like yeah. pulling out their phones and yeah. with your friends, like you were so comfortable with each other. And I, so I was like seeking that quality time and I just spent so much time dating. Like, I don't regret it, but it kind of, I didn't realize why I was dating so much, but I had a great time. I got to mm -hmm. go to some awesome bars. I, I discovered some good bars, please. Bars so, or yeah. like, I don't know, restaurants, hidden experiences. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, and yeah, but to sum it up, I use dating to explore the city mm -hmm. and, tried to be as present as I could. A lot of those first dates didn't turn into anything or they, mm -hmm. they just turned in, maybe, yeah. maybe a few turned into friends, but I'd say it was more just, I look back, I think about the cool bars I went to and I might not even remember names. Yeah, uh, I, I, I like that. I, but I feel like, you know, if, as you were in the 20s, you know, as, if I was a woman in my 20s in New York City, I wanted to have the best experience. I do think that, I mean, that would be it, right? You know, yeah. I don't think it's a, it's a bad thing on going on dates. I love dates and sort of exploring to see through the eyes of other people, especially, you know, if, if you're getting a free dinner, girl. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was all free. <laughs> exactly. You know, if you have a tight budget and you want to save New York City, go on, on dates. What is, <laughs> I mean, there's no lie there, like, go on dates. What was your, what was your favorite? I want to ask you, what was your most awkward date you've been on? 
there's one moment that stands out where the guy did not match up to his photo. His photo was like at least 15 years younger <laughs> than what he was. Mm -hmm. Like I was shocked. And mm -hmm. I know that that happens with people where yeah. they just haven't taken a photo of them in a while, a while as in 15 years, mm -hmm. but it was awkward. Not just that. I feel like, okay, well, this guy looks a lot older. Like he's not that attractive. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm not attracted to him in person. Um, but also he wasn't a good listener. And mm -hmm. so he'd ask a question, but he really wasn't listening to what I was saying. And I just felt like, all right, I really need to exit out of this date. It's yeah. not, it's not enjoyable for me in any way. I feel like he, his eyes are kind of like wandering. He's not listening to what I have to say. He's not a good conversationalist, yeah. which I really care about having good conversation to yeah. be in the present, to enjoy the moment. Exactly. So yeah, I'd say that probably was the most awkward date. How did you leave? Did you like... Have like, oh, my, my oh, friend is so walked many... out of the apartment. <laughs> I had to go let them in. Did you pull that? I wish I, I wish I was, I wish that I could have been more direct, but yeah. I've learned, you know, how to be more direct in a nice way, mm -hmm. um, you know, through the years. But I remember I probably said something like, oh, I have to like catch my train. <laughs> I'm like, oh, sorry, the last, this is the last, this is the last train I mean, I, I, lived, I am not yeah. I lived in New York City. I lived in Manhattan where the subway was 24 hours, but I probably used some excuse about, you know, needing to make a train or like needing to meet up with someone at a certain time. Yeah, there were four trains. I had to take the C train to the R train to the Y train, which to catch an Uber <laughs> on the bus to take me back. And so, take a ferry. And take a ferry to go around the island. That's what happened in the state. <laughs> uh, what would you say was your favorite date? My favorite date. So I have two favorite dates I've been on. One, what? it was very magical. And we went on a we went to a magic show date. <laughs> <laughs> it was called The Magician at the Nomad Hotel. And it actually yeah. was so amazing. Yeah. It's very intimate. Like maybe 50 people are in the room. Two drink minimum. So everyone's like kind of tipsy. And yeah. the magic is, magic is there. <laughs> um, I, you know, the date went really well really special guy and the second date that was really magical what's really really stand out in my mind was going to per se and i'm say? so i'm a very low-key person right mm -hmm. like i could eat rice and beans and be fine but this is like a michelin star restaurant in new york Ooh. city in columbus circle we sat on like this uh couch thing and then mm -hmm. a small table looking out oh and then looking out onto central park and this oh. guy, he knew a lot of the staff, like he was like a regular at per se. Mm -hmm. And at the end of, you know, this 10 course meal, ten it really was, meal. it really was oh, wow. so, so great, like food wise and service. But at the end of the state, he, because, you know, he knew everyone, I got like a private tour of the kitchen. Oh, wow. So talk about things that you just you like can't chef? pay for. Yeah, I met the chef. Oh, wow. They're, per se, they have like a partner, like sister restaurant in LA or no, no, like somewhere in California. Yeah. French Laundry. And they have like a live feed camera. So we're like waving to the camera, like waving to this other restaurant. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, but just something that it's literally mm -hmm. priceless. You need to know someone in order to have this experience mm -hmm. in New York City. And yeah, one of the most I would say I like I, I really have enjoyed I enjoy that part of New York City where you have to very particular niche moments and those moments are just like I don't actually not in nowhere and I do love those niche uh, moments um do you feel uh I'm curious like do you think 
or do you approach dating differently as an Asian woman versus anything else? Like, is there particular things that, you know, because we always sometimes joke, like, I was like, I was joking, like, oh, you're my Asian Asian persuasion and all that good <laughs> stuff. But like, <laughs> comes from, it comes from a good place. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, I can just sort of see the verse of the reverse of that, right? And it's sort of uh, the Asian, Asian fetish. Yeah, the Asian fetish and Asian woman navigating this. This was just like New York City, you know, can tell a lot of bros. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. Besides by that, like, how did that, you think about that? Did that shape your dating experience in a sense? I am aware of it because I have had people say, like, you know, some pretty racist things where they don't realize it's racist, right. but um, I feel like they're pretty inappropriate. No, <laughs> like, no, like this, this. I am aware that there are guys with Asian fe fetishes who mm -hmm. want a Asian female that's submissive and yeah, and I'm you meet me and you know I'm not that woman, yeah. but at the same time, because I am like a beautiful Asian woman, yeah. like I know I'm hot. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. I I am. Yeah, it's like I'm aware, but I don't think I do. I don't change that much. Like I still put myself out there. I still am open minded to mm -hmm. meeting people and giving people, you know, meeting them in person to see what our chemistry is like. And that's kind of how I approach dating. It's, you know, you, you can text a little bit or talk on the app a little bit, but mm -hmm. let's meet in person. Let's see if we have chemistry. Cause if there's no chemistry, like what are we doing here? Yeah. I would think also because here, I, I really do believe that part of your personality thing is like this very open person. And so even when people come with mild attentions, there's a level of like this almond that happens when they're like, and this is Heidi. Yeah. <laughs> and Heidi's like this all preppy person. It's like, <laughs> Okay, fun. I didn't like you, but hopefully we can exchange numbers because I think you would good networking opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> there was a guy that I met on Tinder a couple of years ago, and we never met in person for a date. We fell off, but he like had me in his phone, and he messaged me a couple of years later. Like, I don't know, this is probably 2017. He reached out and was like, "Hey, this is hey, who is this? I have you in my phone, and I'm cleaning up my phone." I was like this is Heidi. And I send back a photo of myself, like a selfie of myself. Like it's like me being silly. Mm -hmm. And he sent a photo of himself. And I was like, Hmm, you don't look familiar, but, but let's talk. A, but it's a, but it's a so much a Heidi <laughs> thing. Like that you like felt like you were just like, so you just, send a photo. Yeah. Someone would be like, go away. Nordly, but you were like, I'll send a photo. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I just thought it was a very <laughs> Heidi moment. Yeah. So from there we just ended up being like friends and then, you know, would flirt mm -hmm. and, yeah, he ends up sending me like a lot of like we end up our conversations revolve around like sexual things and him like sharing about his, you know, his dating life, his sex life. And um, yeah, so you know, part of the flirty conversations, I've like shown Churchill some of them and yeah. he's read he's read yeah. them in and, an accent. Yeah, his accent. And we've done like um some <laughs> it was just one of Heidi's favorite things she wants she likes me to do is read the text in a very, like, you know, think about it, like, bedtime. Story. Story time. Except it's like, and I want you to write me in a bent over position. You know, <laughs> but just say it so normally. Yeah. Like, nothing's, nothing's. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I just find it very interesting that he, like, he just did feel so comfortable. He, means he actually doesn't just send the text. He sends videos that come to the text <laughs> about his whole conquest. And, you know, people like, and Heidi, I met this girl at this dinner, this us fucking the restaurant. Yeah. Or like this us having sex with a cat. It's a crazy. Cat. Yeah. Like, you know, just even having that friendship, which, you know, it's not like a deep relationship in any yeah, way. It really was just an ex an insight into the mind of someone else. Someone else in New York City, this very 
this very like raunchy guy who has yeah. these very specific experiences. Yeah, but I do believe that. I will like I will challenge that that it's not necessarily deep because there's a level of vulnerability totally. that also comes with someone being feeling comfortable enough to even share whether it's a weird sexual want or weird sexual thing or desire, yeah. desire with you and especially to constantly send that and ask for your feedback yeah yeah i think <laughs> uh, which can be weird like you can, I, I think it is it is in a sense quote unquote weird i don't like the word weird i like to use the word interesting uh but it's still sort of a level of vulnerability that someone is offering that and it's, it's very i i always find that very curious we're just like strangers opening up to each other and mm. knowing that you know we really don't know that much about each other but we can have a very lighthearted, entertaining conversation. Yeah. I find this very interesting that, I, I don't know, perhaps like a female thing, and I'm curious to your thoughts about it, so that men feel this permission to just send very inappropriate texts without your consent and think it's okay. Yeah, I, I mean, because I am using LinkedIn to network with people, I'm asking them, you know, can we either meet up in person if they're, you know, near yeah. me, or like, let's, let's have like a quick Zoom call. Yeah. And there was one guy who, just straight up told me like you're an you're a very attractive female and I don't know if I can like handle myself on a video call with you or something like <laughs> I was like uh like, do like pop your dick out you know <laughs> <laughs> it's like like literally like like you didn't have to be that honest but thanks for I mean these people like calm the fuck down um, we'll be right back after a quick message from our sponsor I, I'm curious about, you know, how relationships have been for you during the pandemic. Because um, I feel like everything, everyone is so tense lately. Um, you, know, you kind of mentioned earlier around, like, you know, we're all on, like, you know, Zoom calls and birthday parties trying to make something happen. Um, but at the same time, it's sort of like you're also going through something because you're experiencing a pandemic. You're trying to... to Figure stay out, sane. Like, stay sane. Um, I'll be one person like I, you know, I, I feel like I've grown crazy a little bit more during this time, but at the same time, sort of maintaining a friendship is a little bit hard because this part of how much space are you allowing to maintain you versus involve others and be a caring friend? Yeah, well, Churchill, Churchill, me, and Sydney, we felt like we didn't talk at all in the beginning of the pandemic. I mean, we needed, everyone needed their own space. So mm -hmm. probably took until May or June to reach out, start reaching out to friends and being like, hey, like love to catch up. How are you doing? How mm -hmm. are you feeling? Let's, let's connect. And I remember, I don't know who started this, but you know, we texted each other and said like, hey, mm -hmm. let's do like a weekly or not weekly, probably like a monthly, mm -hmm. monthly or bi-weekly Zoom call. Yeah. And that's when, you know, I just felt reconnected to you both. And I, I love our, all of our conversations, right? Yeah. Like we all bring such a special perspective. Yeah. And also very, like, I mean, when you and I are the same, like we are, you and I are very different still. I mean, the words you have like the same yeah. personality, our execution of our personality is different. Yeah. Um, and Sydney's like, I don't know, she'll hear this and I'm like, Sydney's like somewhere else. <laughs> we love you, Sydney. We love you, Sydney. She's like somewhere in the sky. <laughs> <laughs> she's, like, she's like i got the message but i didn't feel like responding but that's yeah, okay we know yeah. yeah so i mean i loved being able to reconnect over a zoom call but mm -hmm. even that like we did a couple times and then we i don't know if it's like started getting busy but 
Zoom calls are exhausting. Yes, so, are. so it's okay. I think we all have this understanding. That's okay that we, we kind of mm -hmm. stopped the Zoom calls, but we still found our ways to connect and, you know, catch up, you know, either through text or just like spontaneous phone calls. And, but during this pandemic, well, pandemic, I'd say, well, I did meet a guy in December and like we met in person in San Francisco mm -hmm. and we talked all throughout the pandemic and we were pretty much each other's crutch. We were there for each other. We FaceTimed. We, mm -hmm. we were there so that we didn't never felt lonely yeah. and maybe we got a little too comfortable with each other because we took each other for granted. Like we were always there for each other and yeah. could, you know, tell open up each other about, you know, worries or joys. And I think it, in my, in my opinion, I think it became too friendly mm -hmm. versus that like romantic spark never played out because, you know, we weren't close to each other and mm -hmm. physically physical distance. So we kind of just, I think for me personally in a romantic relationship, I need that physical touch. Yeah. And so who knows if we were end up if we ended up quarantining together yeah. or staying in yeah. the same city, that I'm sure that yeah. it totally would have changed the storyline, I think. No, that that's that's such a something very I think you brought up a very interesting point your point around like you know, we just talk about dating, but sort of in any sort of relationship uh in this time, like, yes, before we sort of had, um, you know, folks that we all were in different cities and we sort of, okay, I can call you here and there, but now sort of always being stuck inside or this limited set of activities you can do, even with people in the same city as you, that you would have sort of seen regularly, it's also supposed to be very hard. There's a level of, I've come to learn that the physicalness of whether it's friendships, relationships, whatever, it also has a bearing on the maintenance and also the you know, the maturity of that relationship and so yes you might like, meet someone online and it's like fun and the first few zoom calls are exciting you do like a nice dinner date you've been to a cooking class um, that takes a lot of effort i've never even did yeah, those things you do like a whole wine taste on a zoom call but like you know you sort of think that okay after that it's like uh that you're not here you know the night when it's cold and i want to come back you're not here uh, how do you feel connected? How do you feel connected? Uh, I mean, the, Languages of love. Thing, yeah, some folks like to be touched. Uh, some folks like to be affirmed in person. Uh, some folks like a constant communication in person. Um, and so, no, I, I do understand that. Because I do think when we started, our Zoom calls were strong. We were updating all the time. Then, so it was like, okay, now I'm going to Zoom call the plan. I have to show up at this time, at this time. It became more of a chore, yeah. which we never want that to be. Yeah in a friendship and I know friendships or relationships, like they take work or I know, yeah. I know couples who have to plan out their dates and I guess that's a normal thing, but mm -hmm. I'm, I, I'm learning that this is normal. Yeah, no, it is. It is. If you could say, cause you know, as we sort of close out here, um, I should think if you could reflect back in your 20, I know I'm putting you on the spot in a moment for a moment right now, um, in your twenties and there was one insight you got about your friendships and what would you say this? insights about friendships yeah. well i'd say one thing is i treasure my longest relationships a lot and mm -hmm. i always want to deepen those friendships yeah. so i guess my insight is quality over quantity i'm a people pleaser i mm -hmm. love when i i want to be liked i want everyone to like me and i know that's not possible but yeah i want to be liked i liked to be liked i mean who doesn't like to be liked but i 
my my insight is that quality will quality is what makes me feel loved what what makes me feel heard and understood and it gives me that warmth and safety i need yeah having a bunch of friends very shallow small uh short you know mm -hmm. just like shallow relationships yeah that's not what's going to make me feel truly supported so i you know from college to now i have been intentional with letting friendships go with yeah with with being okay with having less friends that's so hard for me letting friendships grow that's a very popular statement i am i am i because it takes a level of hard conversation uh conversation i'm slurring my speech uh, <laughs> um no it takes a level of hard conversation that i i don't know i I, I like you also I'm the same way. I want to be liked. I want to be loved. I want to be that person in the community that everyone sees as the, the center. Um, part of it is just satisfying my need for attention. Part of it is also my genuine need. I, I agree. <clears throat> I was, I'd say same. I know, but it's sort of hard to then, because of that, you sort of inherit all this friendship that requires so much energy and maintenance, and you tend not to be the person that gives a lot. Uh, however, you know, and then you're and spending then, time for yourself. So you're spending time for yourself. Which is, yourself. Yeah, which is funny enough, that's the recent thing in our friendship is sort of we have a conversation with Sydney's other person we have the kind of conversations about it. So how do you spend time with yourself and give yourself the time to just be? And part of that is also the reduction of your friend group. And I will say I'm honestly very bad at that. And I will I will like squirm and avoid the hard conversation. Or just uh, keep maintaining it, yeah. even though you know that. Yeah, you should let it go. go, and so you just constantly just get in a you know cruise mode of doing exactly the same actions and maintaining whatever thing that's not going to cause a tornado or a big fight, just to make things keep going smoothly. Um, but no, it's, it's it's very interesting, and I, I which is, I think that have those those balance of relationship has been harder in the pandemic because your tolerance, I would say for myself, my tolerance for bullshit has been very <laughs> lower. Yeah, very much more, yeah. Um, and so, like, I will fight for the friendships I believe in, but like, friendships I don't believe in, I'm like, okay, like, I'm gonna do this much work after that, like, you know, give the axe. Letting go of friendships are hard. I wouldn't say I even do a good job of being upfront and direct because yeah. I do think with friendships, it's like this, this shaky ground where, you know, sometimes I think for me, I personally, I don't know if this is the right thing, but just let it simmered out on both yeah. ends. Like I'm not taking full blame that it simmered out. They're not saying anything either. Yeah. And maybe that's the better way than telling some sitting down with I don't know, sitting down and having FaceTime and being like, <laughs> we're breaking up. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. wait, what what, what exactly. are we in a relationship? It's like, no, but a friendship, like Yeah, but friendship, but people don't like I, I believe that friendship breakups sometimes are worse, especially best friend friendship breakups, almost as worse as a long-term relationship breakup with someone you cared about. It is almost as pain, especially if you're if you're someone you sort of as a friend, you close friend, you put effort and time into maintaining investment, like that whole investment. So when it ends, you're like, it's as much. I think it's as much as worth crawling bed or an ice cream scoop mm. and like, Mister Joe, we're best friends forever. <laughs> <laughs> But um, talking about letting friendships go, do you remember when I had a few potlucks in New York City? Oh, yeah. And I straight up announced to the group, hey, thanks for being here. The people that didn't make it are cut from my friend list. Yes, yes. Oh, so this is a good story. So Heidi had a potluck, and she invited 
most of her friends, all of her friends. And you know, we all showed up with our nice outfits and our good meals to, to dine with and a drink to be drunk. Someone brought like rice and yeah. mussels or something. Yeah, that was good. Um, <laughs> it was all good stuff. But then in the middle of the party, Heidi goes, I wanted um, to give a toast or something. Yeah, she, wanted, yeah, she wanted to give together. a toast. And then you say, well, thank you all for being here. You are my true friends. Those that did not show up, they're being cut. And I was like, damn, I'm glad I showed up. Sydney said, <laughs> Sydney, Sydney made a comment. I yeah. remember her being like, oh, well, shoot. <laughs> 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 I'm like, I'm glad, I'm glad, no, I'm glad we showed up. I mean, that's what, that's a dramatic way we're doing, but, but that fits very well with our personality. I think in that moment, I was going through this phase of, I need to let go of friendships that do not, do no longer serve me. Yeah. And so for me, I was being, I mean, I'm a very direct person, but for me to say that, I mm-hmm. I, I probably scared people a little bit, but right. we're done. I, I was just, just sharing what I felt in the moment. No, that's true. Hey, you kept it real, you kept it 100, and I appreciate it by you. In my philosophy in life, one of the, the mottos I live by is show up. If you don't show up, like, so I guess in my friendships, my relationships, yeah. I care a lot about people showing up. We can talk the talk, but if you don't show action, if you're not here present for me, mm-hmm. what, what what is this? I don't think it's yeah. really a friendship, a lifelong friendship. Yeah, I agree. No. So you show up to my potluck or you're not? Show okay. up to the potluck or you're cut. Thank you for being part of all with us today. Um, before we go, how do we find your art? If I was someone that was trying to sit, find and get some calligraphy art, where do I go to? Yeah, I did mention my art for a little bit, but um, my Instagram, my website is handletteredheidi. That's H-A-N-D-L-E-T-T-E-R-E-D-H-E-I-D-I. Handletteredheidi is my whole brand. Um, for all my hand lettering. I'm very proud of all the work that I've been able to accomplish, you know, these past couple of years with my art. You know, it was a side hustle, was a full time, <laughs> back to, you know, side yeah. hustle slash, you know, just right now on the back burner. But art is something that I do love being able to express my myself in. And yeah, I would love for people to check out my art. And I'm a quotes person. So mm-hmm. if you check out my Instagram, it's all the quotes that, you know, I can relate to in the moment or, pick-me-ups or meditations. Yeah, we do like a good meditation. Have some good tea with a meditation and some motto with it. So find hand-lettered Heidi on Instagram. And, you know, for those listening, you know, this conversation has been about relationships, maintenance of it, both dating, friendships, personal, all that good stuff. So go to hand-lettered Heidi. Tell her how you feel. Find one of the quotes that you can relate to and, and say hi. And as always, Be kind to yourself. Thank you for listening to the first ever episode of City Living with Churchill, the podcast. I'm very appreciative that you took the time. You know, this was a lot of work put into this and it's a new area for me. So I appreciate you appreciating it. If you'd like to leave me a voice message, look at the description, wherever you're listening to this podcast, you will find a link where you can leave me a voice message. Tell me, how are you doing? How are you feeling? 
what thoughts and feelings and understandings and things you would like to share with me. And if you like know Churchill, I want to connect with you on Instagram. You can find me at City Living with Churchill. And if you like know Churchill, not Instagram, I want to chat with you and share some fleets on Twitter. Then yes, you can find me at Church Danui on Twitter. That is C H U R C H. N-D-O-N-W-I-E. Look forward to chatting with you and stick around for a quick preview of our next episode. Straight people, they have just as many choices. They, um, and it's easier because they know who's like, oh, this is a woman, she's an option, or this is a man, he's an option. For us, they had to be like, is this a friend? Are we gonna fuck? Are we gonna be fucking friends, enemies? What are we gonna be doing? Mm-hmm. And do we even like like each other? 